Support for Market Flurry comes from our friends at MyIDCare Identity Protection. The Equifax breach gave identity thieves access to the personal data for millions of Americans. Now's the time to protect yourself. 25 million Americans rely on MyIDCare. And right now, our listeners get 15% off. Go to myidcare.com slash fool. It's Thursday, November 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Total Income, Ron Gross. Hey. Happy Dow 24,000. Wow. The stock market doesn't want to go down. I don't think it's ever going to go down. <laughs> Everything seems perfectly rosy in the world, so I don't see I don't see a problem. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like we should have party hats. But honestly, if you <laughs> That's break the side of a top, if you bring in a party hat, I'm selling short. If you so, I saw um, Art Cashin, who's uh, yeah. who's on CNBC all the time, and I don't know how old Art Cashin is. I think he is older than us. He's older than us. I think he's in his seventies, um, and I enjoy him when I see him on TV. And I saw two photos of him on Twitter today. And he was wearing a Dow twenty three thousand hat, and then a photo today where he had the Dow twenty four thousand hat. Um, all right, now that we got the Dow twenty four thousand stuff out of the way, mm. let's talk holiday retail because sure. Cyber Monday, Black Friday, those are in the rearview mirror. It seems I don't want to jinx us, but it seems like things are shaping up pretty well for the retail industry. Or am I being overly optimistic? No, I think that's fair. You didn't say amazing or things are going to be gangbusters. I think things are shaping up relatively well. And of course, when we're here back sometime in January, we will revisit and see whether we were right or not. Um, Coming off of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, things were were clearly strong. Um, Even the department stores fared well. Some of the funnier metrics, you know, being things that you know, traffic was down less than it usually is, which I guess is positive. Um, But for sure, online sales continues to be the story, with Amazon really picking up about half. Of Cyber Monday's uh, sales, which is an amazing metric, but in general, um, people are shopping more. People are feeling relatively good from an economic standpoint, I think. Um, and as we mentioned, the, the high stock market certainly doesn't hurt. Um, relatively strong GDP doesn't hurt. Relatively low unemployment. Unemployment is good. So it kind of you know that bodes well for a good holiday season. Um, holiday retail sales are expected to be up somewhere around three and a half or four percent. We'll see if that holds true. Um, again, the online retailers will I think be the beneficiary of most of that growth. Um, but when you blend in um, online and brick and mortar, you should see something that looks relatively healthy. You mentioned the traffic being not quite as low as expected, which brings us very nicely to Sears. Sears third quarter loss was north of $550 million. And yet, somehow, inexplicably, shares are up, I don't know, four or five percent because last year's third quarter loss was $750 million. If you're buying the stock, could you raise your hand? I, I want who's, who, who's, <laughs> who's buying the stock? Who is buying this stock? Same store sales were down 15. percent Okay, you don't have a healthy business. I mean, if you could be a value investor, I'm the biggest value investor around, and I love a good cheap stock. But when a business is deteriorating, time and time again, this is sales have declined for six years. Eddie Lampert has engineered this company into the ground, in my opinion. Um, 
you don't want to be an owner. You could be a trader of the stock, I guess. We're not traders at The Fool. We like to own companies for the long term that we think are healthy and vibrant and being run well. And Sears just does not fit that bill. Um, They've got debt problems. Their balance sheet is shaky. You know, Eddie Leppard tried to monetize their real estate assets, and he has to some extent. Um, in years past, he's bought back billions and billions of dollars of stock. Now leaving the company with not enough cash, in my opinion, um, they underinvested in the stores. Um, one would think even if they invested in the stores, Sears still a vibrant enough uh, brand and destination um, that the world really needs a Sears. Um, it's just a mess. So it, you know, I would imagine it's trade. That are pushing the stock higher. Um, I hope it's not your everyday foolish type investor. Eddie Lampert is coming up on his fifth anniversary as CEO of this company. And as you said, it has just been every successive year is more dismal than the last. And in addition to Trying to monetize the real estate, he's also sold off some of their signature brands. Spun off Lands End. Spun off Lands End. Sold off the Kenmore brand. I'm blanking, blanking on the the Tool brand that they had, but they Kenmore. They, uh, no, no, Kenmore is the appliance. They had like a like was it Toolmaster or something like that. They they sold right. you know decent brands. They sold those off, and and everything this guy touches turns to dirt. <laughs> like it's not, it's not gold. It's the anti Midas touch. Yeah, I mean he he is a relatively successful you know hedge fund guy. Um, they they are aren't all winners, and you're seeing that right here. Which actually reminds me, a, a, a hedge fund guy I really respect, a very prominent value investor, Bruce Berkowitz, um, who has has somewhat been struggling lately from in his portfolio, uh, resigned from the Sears board um, relatively recently. And I think that's a good indication of you know seeing. It's like a, I just can't take seeing, it anymore. Seeing a really prominent value guy no longer seeing value. Well, and. For whatever success Eddie Lampert may have had in the and has in the hedge fund industry, as the CEO of a once major retailer, he's, he's terrible. He's not a merchant. Clearly not a merchant. Not a merchant. Uh, sticking with retail, Costco shares up three percent today, hitting a new high. Um, this is not earnings. This is uh, same store sales numbers. Is that yeah, it? That is it. Uh, but they're incredibly impressive, and you know I think. I think people are kind of fatigued on Costco because Amazon is the big story everyone wants to talk about nowadays, and even Walmart more recently coming up, uh, you know, around the bend, um, coming up fast. Um, but uh, net sales overall up 13% for Costco um, for for November, but comp sales up 10.8%. That's uh, the biggest monthly comp in over six years, um, which is really impressive. And it looks like growth was spread across most categories. Um, we don't have a very large press release here giving us too too much detail. Detail. Um, it looks like e-commerce was up about 39%, real strong there as well. So you know what? Don't count Costco out yet. Do you have any guesses as to why there is this? I mean, to have monthly same-store sales come in at a six-year high—that's the only thing I'll say negatively is that the calendar kind of juiced their numbers a okay. little bit. Um, Black Friday That's what I was and wondering. the holiday weekend fell in this in this kind of. Um, time period where it didn't last time, but that they say that only accounted for about 1.5 percent of the pop. So even if you exclude that, still really strong numbers. You look at some of the other retailers, uh, smaller and niche retailers. Michaels had their third quarter report this morning. That stock's up 11 percent. Gap Gap got a downgrade from City, mm. but shares of Gap up 40 percent in the last three months. 
it's this low expectations game that's going on here. I mean, retail has just been so tough, and and Gap has just made so many bad bad steps over the over the years that expectations were just so low. And and if they put up you know better than expected results, or if they make good comments about the future. Um, you know the stock kind of gets bid up a bit because it was it was just so low because nobody wanted to touch it. You know I was in a gap for the first time in years over the weekend. I just happened to stumble into one, <laughs> um, and I was actually pretty impressed. I was like, oh yeah, Did I you buy anything? a gap. I did not. I bought some things for my son, not for myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was I was relatively impressed, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember now why I used to sell a gap. There's some stuff here, um, but you know, low expectations is the name of the game. I think it's low expectations, but also we've been doing this podcast for seven years, and in any given year, and I'm just going to focus on apparel retailers yep. for this. But in any given year, one of the apparel retailers has had a good year. Now over. If you buy a basket of all, you know, however many apparel retailers seven years ago when we start doing this podcast, they're not, you know, six of those seven years, not so great. But we've seen stretches where Abercrombie and Fitch has had a good six to 12 month run. Obviously, Gap has had a good three month run. Even American Eagle back in the day had a good stretch here or there, which just makes me want to avoid apparel retail stocks altogether because I can't imagine. Trying to time it like that, right? So to to give them, you know, credit, credit. I don't know what the word is. It's a really tough business to get consistently right year after year after year because you have to be on trend. You have to know what the next thing is to stock inventory, you know, stock the shelves with, and you can do that for certain periods of time. But to do it time and time again is is even more difficult. So what happens is, you do a nice job, you stumble. You have to put everything on sale. You have to get promotional. Your gross margins get hit. Your profitability gets hit, and then you either come back to fight another day and you get it right again um, as the cycle turns, or you're Aeropostale and you kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Aeropostale. Um, so we're taping this podcast. We're also doing a Facebook Live feed while we're doing this. And by the way, uh, for anyone who's on Facebook, if you want to. Join the Motley Fool podcast group. Please join us. We got uh, we got a couple thousand people in there. Dozens nice. of listeners, Dozens. but a couple, couple of thousand people in the podcast group. And um, uh, thank you to Vicky and Michael who uh, pointed out Craftsman was the tool brand. Oh yes, thank you. That Sears uh, sold off. Eddie Lambert, the hits just keep on coming. Do you have any thoughts on Chipotle? I know uh, you weren't around. Oh, we're going to get we're going to get to that in a second. But okay. first, I want to say thanks right. to our friends at My ID Care. Um, it's the holidays. And that means more transactions online and uh, more opportunities for cyber criminals to take their little piece of the action. And my ID care covers all types of identity theft, from medical ID theft to child identity uh, child identity theft. They got you covered. Twenty four seven credit monitoring, dark web monitoring, and a one hundred percent success rate restoring identities. Uh, the Equifax breach, which at least one of us at this table was involved in, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's not the last time that's going to happen. And so, for the holidays, you want peace of mind. You don't want to worry about uh, identity theft for sure. And for our dozens of listeners, we've got a fifteen percent discount if you sign up today. Join the more than twenty-five million Americans who depend on My ID Care for protection. Go to myidcare.com/fool. So, Chipotle. Yeah, I knew you'd have some some, some thoughts. Uh, yes, and in fact, I got uh, emails and, and tweets from listeners yesterday when the news <laughs> broke sure that, that Stephen Ells was going to be stepping down. They're like, 
you know, what do you think, and all that sort of thing. And uh, and and Mac hosted yesterday, but I, 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 I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts. One of which is that um, Sarah Halsick, and I don't know Sarah Halsick, but she writes for Bloomberg. I thought she nailed it yesterday with a column that she wrote, where she said that the key question, and and this this really is important because I think. For people who want to have the gut reaction of Stephen Ellis has had a couple, he's the founder of the company. He's had a couple of years to really get things straight, and he hasn't done it. And so, any new CEO is going to be an upgrade, as as Sarah pointed out. No, the key question here is what kind of chairman is Stephen Ellis going to be? That was my thought exactly. Is is the next CEO, whoever that person is, are they going to have the latitude to do whatever they want, or is he going to be? Constantly, I wrote that down. Looking over their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know who I thought of, uh, and this is this is not someone who uh, is in contention to be the next CEO of Chipotle, John Flannery at General Electric. When you look, I don't know if anything that he's doing at GE is going to work. Right. Here's what I do know. That dude is 100% in charge of that company. <laughs> right. He is well, executing his vision. He has come in and said, "Yeah, I think it's time for an operational guy. It's not time for a gal. visionary or gal. Not time for a visionary. It's not time for an ex-chef, um, which Els is a trained chef as well. Not, nothing wrong with chefs, but I'm just saying it's time for a real operational guy to come in and and you know get get things done. Otherwise, this is going to continue to go down, and they're either going to end up being an acquisition candidate or they're going to just flounder." Right, and and that's the thing to see is who is this next CEO, and what what kind of latitude that they have, and it can't be someone from inside the company. They no. have to hire from outside. Right, I hope, and you know, partly because I think it would work, and partly because uh, I think it would just be fun to watch. It'd be great if Sally Smith <laughs> just said, "I'll will take this job. That would fi- be I'll take this job for five years." And uh, no money, give me stock. No money, give me stock. And the first thing I'm going to do is breakfast, and you know, and and just start nailing it that way. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very curious to see who it's going to be. Me too. Um, And and in fact, um, I know that there are a couple of people on the board who are heading up the search committee, and I'm not I'm not saying Sally Smith is necessarily the person for the job, but they should absolutely talk to her and find out. Who she thinks they sure. should be talking to? In the I'm sure same they're way. talking to lots of folks. Yeah, for sure, exactly. Uh, before we wrap up, a couple of housekeeping notes. We've got a bonus episode of Market Foolery coming tomorrow. Wow! Yeah, no one told me. <laughs> that's that's you're you're not on it. <laughs> okay, there you go. But we are. It's it because tomorrow is December first. This kicks off the holiday music. Our third year in a row of doing the holiday music. And our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, very excited to crank out some some holiday tunes that honestly you're not hearing on the radio, and a, that's a good thing. A musician in his own right. Ex- yes, a talented musician in his own right. I don't know if we're going to get some original holiday music from Dan Boyd <laughs> and one of his bands. Nothing says holiday like a good bass solo. You know what? <laughs> I, compared to rocking around the Christmas tree every <laughs> yeah. 90 minutes on the radio? Yeah, I'll okay. totally take that. All right. uh, this weekend, uh, uh, speaking of the holidays, this weekend on Motley Fool Money, our guest is Chris Byrne, also known as the Toy Guy. He is a, a 30-year industry expert on the toy industry, and uh, I love talking to Chris Byrne. And so, it's it's all about what are the hot... Yeah, what's hot, I wonder. Um, uh, I'll, spoiler alert, you know what one of the hot toys is this year? You'll appreciate this. 
Teddy Ruxpin. Back again? Yes, yes, back from 1983. Teddy Ruxpin. I saw a guy on the sidewalk the other day uh, riding one of those uh, scooters. Just you know, it looks like a skateboard, but it's this way, not that way. Yeah. I was like, where'd that thing go? Yeah. You know, once the, they banned them from going on airplanes, the, they seem to have gone away. The new and improved Teddy Ruxpin is wow. uh, yeah, Teddy is just Ruxpin. one of the hot new toys. So uh, so yeah, check that out this weekend. And speaking of Motley Fool money. And you are involved in this, unlike the bonus episode of Market Foolery. Uh, Friday, December 8th, all, and this is for anyone who's going to be anyone who lives in the DC area or anyone who's going to be in the DC area on December 8th, Friday, December 8th, we're going to be taping Motley Fool Money at Chatter in Washington, DC. Chatter is a restaurant in Northwest DC that is owned by several people, one of whom is Tony Kornheiser uh, of, of Pardon the Interruption fame on ESPN. Chatter is located at 5247 Wisconsin Avenue. That is at the corner of Wisconsin Avenue and Jennifer Street, just inside the line. It's going to be a good time. Of the District of Columbia. So, yeah, Friday, December 8th, 11.30, we're going to start taping the show, and we're going to be hanging out afterwards. Although, you have to hit the road afterwards. I do have to go to a soccer tournament for my boy. All right. So, the rest of us will be <laughs> hanging out uh, after we tape Motley Fool Money. So, Friday, December 8th, if you're in the D.C. area, please come join us. Ron Gross from Total Income, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.